Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. Well, my friends, we've made it. It's December 2020. <laughs> what a year. And a few more weeks left, and then we'll be hitting 2021. Today, I'm going to be talking about space, the different kinds of space, why space is really important for you. And I want you to start to think about this because we are going towards the end of the year. And typically for most people, there is space built in with the holidays in some ways, like we reduce our work levels and go more into, you know, holidays time. We create a lot of extra stuff in the holidays because I know in the past years, I've done a lot of coaching with clients about the exhausting part of the holidays, but I'm going to be talking about space. So one of the big misconceptions is that we as high achievers have been culturally programmed that we must always be totally productive, maximize time, calendar, calendar, fill everything up. And one of the things that most every one of my clients and even myself, like I'm I'm a work in progress on this and I'm practicing it and I'm working on it and tweaking it. And sometimes I do it really well and sometimes I fail. But what I've been working with my clients on doing is making space in their lives. So for those of you, if you've been a listener for a long time on the show, I used to have the story of I hate travel. And I was like, oh, I don't really like to travel. And I would travel for work and whether running trainings or speaking or I was traveling. And I had this story of I hate travel. And actually what I learned was it wasn't the travel that I hated. It was that I didn't have space in my life for travel. I didn't build my life and my schedule to have space to handle the, you know, the plane issues. And actually I was pretty fortunate, like delayed flights. That's not really a part of my thing, but I would schedule stuff. So I would, you know, leave at the last possible minute and return at the last possible minute. And this is whether it was personal travel or business travel. And the downside of like personal travel is when I would go off and go on vacation because I was working, 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 schedule, schedule, schedule. And I was exhausted staying up late, doing things late at night that when I would finally get on vacation, I need to sleep for 24 hours. And then I'd get frustrated and resentful because I lost a day of vacation. And I started going, huh, I keep coming into vacation like this. And I had to realize I did what I would call from the swimming world. I would taper. I would start to taper my work and taper my rest. So that way, when I went to vacation, I was actually well rested going into vacation instead of using my vacation time to get rested where I wanted to enjoy, connect, go see things, right? Have the experience. And instead of sleeping in a bed somewhere, wherever I was, But when I started to taper my work and create space for what I need to get done and also remove the stuff that really wasn't important or that I kept wanting to add in, but when I created that space so that I could make sure I slept, so that I could make sure I had time to pack, that space became really essential for my 
travel and being able to enjoy it. And then the same thing happened coming back. I used to wait and go, oh, I have to be back at work Monday. So I'm coming back late Sunday night. So I want to maximize every minute of this trip. And I started realizing if I come back Saturday or maybe even Friday, that gives me a couple days to unpack, to get settled, to get groceries, right? To get adjusted to the time slot, whatever it may be, and to get myself so that I'm prepared for the day ahead so that my brain can actually work really well. So that space became really important. The same thing with work travel. You know, I would go off and be exhausted or I'd come back from a training and I would come back again late at night and maybe, you know, arriving around midnight from uh, back home from the airport and then have an early morning because I had this whole idea of, well, I'm tough. I have grit. You know, I'm a former swimmer. We do hard things. (laughs) We have morning practice. I don't need sleep, which is all a bunch of lies that I bought into. The problem with that is that my brain's not functioning at the highest level. And I knew how to really dive in and dig deep. But the problem was afterwards, I was really, really grumpy. So whether it was to my family, to myself, I was grumpy. And then try to reward myself with something afterwards, right? Because I justified it, I needed it. But it wasn't effective and it would just make it so much harder to be back at my best performing self because I was packing too much in. One day, this is a long time ago, a friend and a colleague, Susan Mann, asked one of the most important questions of my life that really got me thinking. Because like I said, I've always packed my schedule and I'm always trying to figure out how to get more done, never less. And because, you know, I'd be in a high achiever, you do more, right? You do more, winners do more. This is all very much programmed in my head. And she asked this really powerful question. And we had just done a whole bunch of transformative work. And so I was already tired and drained and spent. But she asked this question of, Corinne, how are you going to reenter back home into your regular day-to-day work? And it made me think. I had to stop. I was like, wait, I need to be conscious and deliberate about this. How am I going to transition back home? So while I had this story that I didn't like travel, it wasn't that I didn't like travel. I just never allowed for the space to re-enter, for the space to exit. Again, when I was traveling the other way, I was always pushing up against. So I realized I needed space and time to unpack, to sleep, especially if I was flying in late, to do light brain work upon return versus solving hard problem work. And just because I was returning on Sunday, it didn't mean my brain was going to be ready to go Monday morning at eight. But I was treating my brain, myself, and my travels. It was like, if you remember Star Trek, beam me up, Scotty, like, here you go. I'm here. I'm ready to go. And here I come back. There is a transition and having that space is really important. And this is the thing that becomes interesting because all of us have this body of work and these experiences through life where we've maybe have learned that lesson in another part of our life, but we've forgotten it or we're, you know, made these assumptions because of cultural programming, being told what to do, fear, whatever, that this is the way it's supposed to be. But my life as a swim coach, this wasn't new to me, especially for athletes. It was like, okay, to obtain high performance from the body, 
it's really important to manage the body's human energies. And not only is the training of what the athletes do in the pool important, but the invisible training, the sleeping, the rest, the downtime, the fueling, the connecting. And I would even say more so now the connecting with loved ones. Those are another word for space and the things to do to refuel high performance athlete. They need to have downtime so that they can come in and perform really well. Our brains need the same thing. One of the things I remind my clients all the time is our brains, our human bodies, they're not, they're not machines, right? They're not machines that can just keep going on and on and on or the energizer bunny. We need space and that's really important. So one area of space is travel space, (laughs) which many of us may not be doing, but that's an example of having that space to make those transitions and also having the space. So your schedule's not so tightly wound up, whether it's an accident or I was going to an appointment recently and it was the rainy night and I just cut it too close and leaving and the stress level to get there because of traffic and so forth was really, really high. And it was a reminder, Corinne, you need more space. It's way better to get to the appointment 10 minutes early and just sit there and listen to a podcast, be with myself and think, right? Read something, then push it up against where I'm possibly coming in late and the stress level in the entire 30 minute drive is really high. So giving ourselves space. This fall of 2020, let's see, I have clients working from home. I have clients who have kids who are either doing virtual learning or some sort of in-person learning, and they both have their own obstacles. Both arenas do. I have clients that are closing deals, creating deals, running businesses, leading teams. And the one thing that they all need is space. And some of it's, of course, physical space of being able to, you know, have, if in their home, have a space that's dedicated for their work or be able to be on meetings without being interrupted. But the space that I'm talking about is a space to transition, a space that allows you to think, allows for fluid changes in our schedule, allows for the ability to handle emergencies and changes, right? When we build space into our lives, we're able to be able to pivot versus if everything is so tightly packed that if one thing goes wrong, it all blows up. So here's an example of a client who I came up with this concept of COVID space. So she's working from home, has been since March. She has young kids and she was part of the country where they were able to reopen schools. And so for part of the week, and so her daughter was able to go to schools Well, there was cold in the family. And so they had to get COVID testing. When you've got back-to-back meetings and you have a routine of you drop your child off at school and then you have some time, right? And you don't have the backup space. All of a sudden, child is home (laughs) and you've got to go figure out the testing. And what is every, I mean, I've known it has constantly changed in my area but being able to have that space to figure it out, it took time, right? It took time. It took energy to go and figure it out. I think they were the doctors for a couple of hours, right? To get all of that processed. And so one of the things that I had said was, you know, moving forward, it's going to be really important to have COVID space for if somebody in the family gets sick, if there needs to be doctor's appointments, if all of a sudden people are home quarantined, 
start planning that out. The idea of, it's also like this idea of like with money, like we save for a rainy day, right? That's rainy day space money. And like, okay, put money away so that when you do need it, you can dip into it. COVID space is the same thing of put space away. And guess what? If you say, okay, I'm going to block off this time and hey, there's no crises. You can get extra work done in that time if you want, right? And get some things maybe ahead of schedule so that when the emergencies happen, the shit storms happen, you have the ability to adapt without blowing everything up. I had some couple clients that are going through closing some big deals and one is a few weeks past deadline already. And I know they're supposed to be closing by the end of the year, but one of the things as we go through the weeks is having deal space. So, you know, having time blocked off, if they know they have to work on the weekend, setting up a schedule of what do they need to do to fill themselves back up? And this is part of deal space. What do they need to do? Remember with a high performance athlete, it's not just the training that they do on the field or in the pool. It's what do they do outside of it? What are the things that you need to take care of themselves? So part of deal space is, okay, what do I need to do on the weekend to take care of myself? You know, maybe it's going grocery shopping. Maybe it's, you know, going for a hike or working out or connecting, you know, with loved ones. What is it that you need to have? And then having some space in there where, hey, maybe you need to do some work for a couple of hours on the weekend. You're not exactly quite sure or you know that something may come awry. So you want to have space to be able to say, okay, I can transition into that. And if nobody needs you on the weekend, then guess what? You get that extra time back. It's a nice way. It's that rainy day effect as well. You're preparing for things that can occur. And if you need it, it's there. And if you don't need it, you don't have to worry about it. And you can now use those couple of hours for something else. So deal space is another important one. And it can be also space to be thinking about the deal and what needs to happen. We don't always have to be in the do, do, do mode, especially for high performers, right? Thinking is a really important thing and not dress rehearsing tragedy people. That's not what I'm talking about. But thinking about it, thinking creatively, what are the problems that need to be solved? How do you overcome the obstacles? What do you need to focus on? What are the things that you can control? What are the things that, you know, you can't control other people's bad behaviors, but maybe you can help get them back on, hey, what's the problem we're trying to solve? So deal space. So we talked about COVID space, deal space. The next one is thinking space. This one blew my mind. And when I first heard it, I was like, I have the skeptical nature of me. It's my way to protect myself. So, but when I first heard this, I was like, well, of course that happens for him because, you know, he's like one of the richest men in the world. But Warren Buffett blocks off 15 hours a week to think. 15 hours. Could you imagine like three hours a day on your calendar is blocked off to think? That's just amazing, right? But what I've been able to do is with that concept, think about thinking and how important that is and allowing myself the space to think and knowing where is your good thinking time. Sometimes good thinking time is for me in the shower, right? A lot of times my good thinking time is not in front of the computer, but knowing where your good thinking time is that your brain can go through and you can start to solve problems. 
I don't swim anymore, so it's not in swimming, but I remember when I used to do Bikram yoga and you're not supposed to think, but my brain would all of a sudden just like go on fire. And I had all these creative ideas. A lot of times I'd come out of the studio and I need a pen and paper and just write boom, 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 boom. For some people, it's like if you're trying to solve a problem and I learned this from Martha Beck years ago, it's like your brain is solving problems while you're sleeping. And then when you wake up, right, do you have a notepad that you can write into? I was listening to an interview with Dolly Parton and on her nightstand, she has a pad of paper and a pen and a recorder because if all of a sudden she comes up with a song, you know, or parts of a song, she can write it down or record it in that moment when she wakes up. So thinking time is really important. How are you creating space in your life? to be thinking about whatever area. And again, not where you're sitting there having the pity party or dress rehearsing tragedy or living in the swampland and right inviting people along, but thinking creatively, thinking about what are you solving? How can you overcome stuff? What do you want to create? Like where you're going, where you want to go. Those are the kinds of things, not the, oh, poor me, type of stuff, but like thinking, thinking about very deliberately about what you're creating or helping yourself understand something or circling back to a conversation and, you know, what worked well and what could be improved, what was maybe misunderstood. So Warren Buffett, 15 hours, I'm not saying you 15 hours, but could you give yourself 15 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day? Maybe it's while you're eating lunch. That could be a great time for you to not take in more information to read or to see what's happening on social media or listening to a podcast, but to spend time thinking what's going on inside of your brain, paying attention to yourself. So giving yourself thinking time. Again, I'm not saying you need to do 15 hours a week, but what if you gave yourself 15 minutes where you connect with you and your brain and what's going on? The other kind of space is the re-entry space, which I talked about a bit earlier with my examples of travel. So while most of us aren't traveling right now, we'll be traveling at some point, but right now we may not be. But you can think of this concept in terms of using it for Zoom meetings, because a lot of us have lots of Zoom meetings. So one of the things that my clients are finding to be very effective is that instead of having meetings every hour on the hour where they can run over and then other people are waiting and late and there's this whole spillover, but it's about having space in between the meetings. So running meetings for 45 minutes, because then you can re-enter back into your space off the computer and re-enter back with you and have maybe five, eight minutes with yourself to be able to bring yourself back to you so that you can transition for your next meeting. Or the other thing that can happen is maybe your team isn't on the meeting. And so you can re-enter, connect with yourself and then, you know, connect quickly either via Slack or via emails with your team about some of the updates so that it's not happening. You're not doing these updates at, you know, five o'clock six or seven hours after this meeting and not remembering and then missing stuff, but having that re-entry space, even while we're not traveling, but between Zooms is really, really important for you. And this can actually can help you be more productive and lead your teams better. It's an interesting concept, right? Because I'm saying shorten the meetings, do less to do more, but that's what happens. And re-entry space is about 
connecting with you, your family, your team. So remember that re-enter. How are you going to re-enter leaving this energy and stepping into this next environment? So re-entry back into you. One of the things that I've done with some of my coaching groups is we would always jump on on the top of the hour, right? And over the last year or two, one of the things that I would invite them to do is and consider is show up five to 10 minutes beforehand, before we have the official group start so that they can connect with each other. And it was so fun. A couple of weeks ago, I jumped in, I don't know, probably eight minutes early, a bunch of people were in and they were talking. I was kind of like the principal when I showed up because as soon as I came in, they all stopped and I said, keep talking. And I was just getting myself ready and settled, right? So while we all had the computer on and it wasn't like camera perfect, which it didn't need to be, they had the opportunity to connect. And one of the things that's happening with Zoom is we're like, oh, the meeting's at noon. I'm not going to get on until noon. But if we were walking to a meeting at work, we might be catching up with somebody in the elevator, walking down the halls, right? While we're sitting outside, hopefully our phone is put away. And so we have those opportunities to be able to connect with people. Same thing of like, I think about going to the gym or taking a class, you know, a yoga class, the studio that I would go to, you know, realizing, oh, get there 10 minutes beforehand, you know, put my stuff away. I get to catch up with people that I run into, friends and go in. Same thing with some practice, especially as the kids start to get older. One of the things I always encourage them to do is to get there 10 to 15 minutes beforehand so they can see each other, especially in junior high and, and talk to each other and then get to practice. The parents used to like to show up, you know, when practice started, but you can't go from the parking lot into the pool. It's not beam me up Scotty where it happens in a minute. There's a transition time. So having that space to transition is really important. And there's lots of different transitions we could possibly have. So everything I've been talking about today, really what it comes down to is these are all very specific examples of white space, space that isn't booked, right? Isn't booked with, oh, I need to have this meeting. I need to have that meeting. I need to sign these documents. I need to write here, right? White space isn't space that's booked in the sense of you're going to do, right? And what's the output because there's a lot of internal. And maybe for some of the white space, when I'm talking about unpacking or going grocery store, yes, there's the to do there. But what are the things you need to do to take care of yourself so that you can really show up and do the meaningful work that you want to, to be able to lead, to have the energy and the resources, to have the tough conversations, right? To have those courageous conversations at work and be able to give feedback or to help get the team along, or to be able to have those courageous conversations in your personal life. We need this white space so that you can fully show up in your life. And white space is really vulnerable, right? Because it's nice, especially if you have a lot of anxiety. And I'm laughing because for me, when I have anxiety, it's like the best thing for me to do is to overfunction, like just do, do, do. And then I can try to outrun that feeling. But as we know here, that doesn't happen, right? So being comfortable with like, I have to constantly remind myself, it's okay, Corinne, it may look like I'm not being productive, but there's important stuff that I'm doing right now. You know, and of course for athletes, I'm like, oh yes, rest is really important. Sleep is really important, but I've had to personally deprogram so many cultural beliefs. Like for a long time, 
I believe that sleep was a waste of time. I should, you know, in my twenties and early thirties, it was, I should only sleep four hours a day because then I could work so much more. The quality of my work was not great. I didn't realize it then because I was just measuring how much I was working and how, you know, tough I was and how I can do so much, right? Now I know how important sleep is and that's something I'm much more deliberate about. So these are things to really remember as we now are putting in the space of white space, COVID space, deal space, thinking space in our lives. Remember, high achievers have space and deliberately create it. And there's always going to be opportunities, requests, and demands to put things into that space, that white space that you have. And you may feel guilty about having the space to do what looks like nothing but it's not nothing. It's essential and keep the space. And when you do this, it's not about sticking your head in the sand and saying, well, I need to have the space, but really notice your productivity levels, right? One of the things I never evaluated in my twenties and thirties when I was sleeping four hours a day and working until midnight, one o'clock was what was the quality of work I was doing, you know, and did it really need to take that much time? Where was I maybe not using time appropriately, really wasting time so that it was spilling over? So notice the productivity levels, notice the quality of your work levels, and then evaluate what's working well and what can be improved and then tweak it and continue to refine it and make it better. And some days you're going to screw it up. I do. And then get yourself back so that you are more in alignment with being able to function at a level that works for you, that you do quality work where you also can take care of yourself. And remember to protect the space, especially as we go into the holidays, so that you can show up at the start of the year refreshed and energized and ready to go. So the one thing that I've have liked a bit about, you know, COVID is there is a lot more downtime and a lot less social responsibilities. And I imagine going in through the holidays, there's not going to be much because it's going to be myself and my family. And so being able to enjoy that downtime, which is going to feel weird because my brain's like, but we must do more. We must do more, but I get to enjoy some downtime as do you. So enjoy the space that you create for yourself and tweak and refine it. All right, my friend, I'm smiling big for you create space, book it on your calendar, block it out. Don't beat yourself up about it. Connect with yourself so that you can fill yourself up. So you have the energy and the capacity to do work that's important to you and to be able to be connected in the relationships that are important to you. Small and big for you. Do you need to recover from 2020? (laughs) Don't worry, my friend, you're not the only one. I get it. You're depleted. You've hit emotional bottom because it can't get any worse, right? Money worries, career uncertainty, wanting to change career, family conflict, mental distress, loneliness, and isolation. These are many of the things that people have been experiencing in 2020. And you're exhausted and making the smallest decisions is setting you off. You're stuck in a cycle of anxiety and second guessing and doubt. It's becoming a downward spiral 
and you're starting to wonder, are you ever going to feel confident? Listen, 2021 does not need to be a repeat of 2020. You can experience enormous positive change even while living and working in a pandemic. So many of my clients have been able to do that this year. You can get clear on what you need and want, even when faced with uncertainty. You can grow emotionally, even when you're stuck at home. The hardest times in our lives can often be the most fruitful times to grow and change. You deserve a good year. You, my friend, deserve a win. You deserve clarity and confidence. So what are you going to do about it? I have just the thing for you. I have my how to feel grounded confidence course and it's four weeks to mindset management and emotional intelligence. And this is the place where you can gain emotional intelligence so you can understand your feelings and why you do what you do. Yes, the good and the bad, the ways we support ourselves and the ways we sabotage. So you can become aware of your thinking so you can make decisions with clarity and alignment with your values, not other people's values or what the popular opinion may be. In this course, you're going to learn how to manage your mindset so you can avoid the scary stories your mind is feeding you constantly. And you're going to start seeing many more opportunities and solutions along with the issues. And finally, you will feel confident that you can tackle and handle and have the resilience to whatever 2021 throws at you, and you can still move forward and deliberately create the life that you are craving. You ready for more? Let's have a fantastic 2021 filled with resilience and the ability to maneuver and go through these things and to feel confident again. There's a link in the show notes to find out more and to sign up. I'll see you there. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wide awake.